Thank you so much. That was beautiful. What a joy it is for me today to be here with you at Southwestern. I'm thankful to God for you. Thank God for this school. I love your president. I love your faculty. And I am so thankful to God for you. What a joy it is for me to be here with you today. I came in late last night. And my friend, Dr. Frank Catanzaro, was kind enough to come and pick me up at the airport, even though my plane was delayed six hours. He came out in the dark, in the rain. I know he is my friend, and I thank God for Dr. Catanzaro. We've known each other a long time. We used to teach together at Southeastern Seminary, and sometimes we would eat together in the faculty lounge. I remember one day we were there at the table. I had my little box lunch. He had his box lunch. And and we were eating, and I had these butter pretzels that I was eating. And as I was, you've seen the little rectangular butter, butter pretzels, they got little squares in them. I was eating these butter pretzels, and as I was eating them, I had them in little stacks on, in, on the napkin in front of me. And I was keeping the stacks uh, with the same number of pretzels in each stack. So that if I had 15, I had five stacks of three, and then I'd eat a couple more, and I'd have 12, I'd have three stacks of four, and then I ate a few more, and I have, you know, three stacks of three for nine. And then, and, I, and Dr. Catanzaro was watching me do this, and I know he was watching me do this. I knew he was watching me do this. That's why I was doing it. I just wanted to see what he would do. And so, finally, he said to me, he said, you know something, Stephen? He said, that, what you're doing, those pretzels, reveals something deep psychologically about you. And I said, what is that, Frank? He said, you're crazy. And uh, I just, I thank God for a guy like that who'll encourage you and then come pick you up at the airport uh, late at night. I really do. I thank God for Frank. And just thankful to God for the opportunity to be here with you today. I know that this is getting near the end of the semester for you. And uh, I want to bring a message that I pray will encourage you and strengthen you today. My whole message can be summarized with just four words. If you want to write them down right at the beginning, you'll have my whole message in four words. Here are the four words. Stay connected to Jesus. Stay connected to Jesus. My wife and I have been married almost 25 years, and over the course of our marriage, Michelle and I have noticed that, that when we have people over to our house, there are different types of guests. Sometimes uh, you'll have a guest who will come and as soon as they come, they tell you they can't stay. I call this the guest who can't stay. I mean, they get there to the door, and as soon as they get there, they say, hey, I can't stay. And you're thinking, why did you even come? If you can't stay, just don't even come. But you know, they, they come and they tell you they can't stay. And I've been in that position. I've been the guest who can't stay because maybe I, I had something else I needed to get to and I needed to make an appearance or, or I wanted to show my friendship to someone, so I came. But I had other things, so I, I couldn't stay long. So I, you come and, and you just let the host know as soon as you get there, hey, glad to be here, but I can't stay. Okay, so you've got the guest that can't stay. And then at the other end of the spectrum, you have the guest who will not leave. Now the guest who can't stay always tells you at the outset he can't stay. The guest who will not leave doesn't tell you. You just find out because you determine this person's not going to leave. It's 9 o'clock and they're still there. It's 10 o'clock and they're still there. 11 o'clock, 11.30, 11.45, 11.55, 11.57, 11.58. They're still there. They won't 
leave. We had a friend. We grew up with her. She was a bridesmaid in our wedding. She, she wound up going to seminary at the same time I did. And, and so my wife was very close to her. We knew her very well. And, and yet she was the type of guest who just wouldn't leave and would not pick up on any of the cues that it was time for her to leave. You know, you'd say, well, you know, it's going to be an early morning tomorrow. And she'd say, it sure is. You know, she'd just stay there. Or, you'd, you know, you'd lean up on your seat, you know, sort of getting up on the edge of the seat to negotiate her departure, and she'd just sink back down deeper into her seat, and she just would not leave. Now, in our relationship with Jesus Christ, in our fellowship with Him, in our, in our walk with Him, so many times we're like the guest who can't stay. Lord, I'm going to pray, but now I can't stay. I'm going to try to read a paragraph of Scripture today, but I can't stay. Got a lot of things to do. Just want to let you know, to begin with, Lord, I really, I just, I just, I can't stay. We come to, come to a worship service, come to church, come to chapel service, and in our mind, even though we're here, we're already checked out to the next thing we've got to do. Lord, I just can't stay. You know what the Lord wants us to be like? He wants us to be like that guest who won't leave. Lord, I don't want to leave. I don't want to get up. I don't want to go away. I just love talking to you so much and looking into your face and hearing you speak to me and knowing that I'm with you. Lord, I don't want to leave. I want to spend my life. I want to spend my day. I want to spend my hours with you, Lord, because I know that when I am with you, you say things to me that change my life forever, and, and you do things in my heart that, that makes me more like you. And Lord, I just want to be with you. I want you to look with me in your Bibles in the Gospel of John chapter 15. And there Jesus talks about what it means to be that kind of guest who won't leave. What it means to stay connected to him. And he uses a beautiful illustration to talk about what this kind of life looks like. And then he uses a powerful word to describe what it means to stay connected to him. We're going to read about the, the vine and the branches and abiding in Christ from John chapter 15 beginning in verse 1. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches." Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do, what does Jesus say? Nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. These are the words of Jesus. Will you join with me as we pray? Father in heaven, I pray that you would just move me out of the way, 
And Lord, that you would speak. Lord Jesus, show us what it means to abide in you. Show us what it means to stay connected to you. And do a work of grace in our hearts that we might stay close to you. For we pray these things in Jesus' precious name. And brothers and sisters, if you agree with that prayer, will you say amen? Amen. Notice that word that Jesus repeats several times in this passage. It's the word abide. It was a word that Jesus used so many times to talk about being connected to him. It means to dwell somewhere. It means to make your home somewhere. It means to stay stay close to someone. It means to communicate with someone. It means to stay connected to someone. Stay connected to Jesus. That was one of the things he talked to his disciples about all the time. He wanted them to abide in him. Jesus uses that word abide a total of 33 times in the Gospels. In John's Gospel, he uses the word 25 times. And so it's a favorite word of Jesus, especially as recorded in the Gospel of John. John picked up on the same word, and he uses it a total of 68 times in his writings, not only in the Gospel of John, but in 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and in the book of Revelation. And so the Word of God, and especially John, and, and Jesus in John, talks to us about what it means to abide in Christ, to stay connected to Him, to be that kind of guest who just won't leave. I want to talk to you today about three characteristics of a life connected to Jesus as we look at these words from John chapter 15. First of all, the Word of God shows us that a life connected to Jesus is a life of continual cleansing. A life of continual cleansing. Notice in verses 1 and 2 of our text, Jesus uses a very simple and yet very powerful and really a deep, rich theological illustration for what it means to abide in Him. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you, abide in me. Now, if you look in the Old Testament, you'll find in the book of Psalms, and in the book of Isaiah, and Ezekiel, the book of Hosea, that same vine imagery, where God's people are compared to branches on a vine. The illustration is very simple. Jesus says that He is the one true vine. His Father is the vine dresser, the the vine tender. We are the branches on the vine, and the things that we do to to serve Jesus, the, the things that He produces in our lives to make us spiritually productive, that is the fruit in our life. And here's what Jesus says. When we stay connected to Him, God the Father, who is like the vine dresser, will continually cleanse us so that we can bear fruit, so that we will be spiritually productive for Jesus. Notice what He says there in verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. Here Jesus is talking about the the vine dresser cutting away dead wood, getting rid of of that which is unproductive spiritually in our lives. And and you probably know that that verb translated takes away, it can mean to, to lift up and then to carry off, but it can also mean to lift up and just to, to leave lifted 
up. And so, in all likelihood, what Jesus is talking about is dead wood being lifted up and cut out and taken away. But there's also the picture there of the vine dresser taking unproductive branches and lifting them up on the trellis and attaching them to a place where they can receive sunlight and nourishment so that they can become fruitful. And again, the Word of God says that He cleans us as the vine dresser. The Father cleans us so that we can bear more fruit. Continue reading. Every branch that does bear fruit, the Bible says he prunes that it may bear more fruit. The word prune there means to clean. It's the same word that's translated uh, clean there in verse 3. Already you are clean. That's the same word that's translated prunes back up in verse 2. So the Father prunes us. He cleans us. He disciplines us. He works in our lives so that we can be more and more fruitful for the Lord Jesus. I'm told that vine dressers do several things to, to clean and to prune their vines. Sometimes they will pinch growth at the end of a branch to slow the growth down so that the growth that, that continues will be the most productive. Sometimes a vine dresser will, will take a branch that's growing off in the wrong direction or, or maybe growing in an unhealthy way and he'll cut off uh, those branches because they're going in the wrong direction. Sometimes the vine dresser will come and, and he'll thin out the fruit that's growing. There'll maybe be four or five clusters of grapes and he'll take away two or three so that the clusters that remain will have maximum fruitfulness and health. Our Heavenly Father does many of the same things in our lives. Sometimes he'll just sort of pinch something in our lives and he'll slow us down. Has God ever done something in your life to slow you down? Sometimes he does it through physical illness. You'll be going along in life and, and just sort of trucking along, and then all of a sudden he'll just slow you down and stop you. Sometimes he does it through a, a trial in the life of someone in your family or one of your friends, and he just sort of slows you down. Sometimes he'll do it through a class that you're taking or something that happens in your career or something that goes on with your kids, but he'll slow you down. And you wonder, why am I not making progress? Why am I not going in the direction that I had intended to go? And our Father says, I'm doing this in your life so that you can bear more fruit. Several years ago, my mother-in-law was on vacation, getting into the car to go home. And she was getting into the car, and as she did, she stepped on an uneven place on the sidewalk, fell down, landed on her hip. She was about 62 years old at the time, and her hip just disintegrated. She had to ride for four hours in an ambulance in traction to make it to the hospital. She had surgery after surgery after surgery. We wondered if she'd walk again. Then we wondered if she'd be able to walk without a walker. And then we wondered if she'd be able to walk without a cane. And then we'd want, we wondered if she'd be able to walk without a limp. And she just kept making more and more progress. And now she's 81 years old and she walks just as straight as she can possibly walk. But for about six months, she just went through a time in her life where everything stopped. And when it was almost over, she said something to me. She said, Stephen, I wouldn't trade anything for this accident. And I said, Pat, what are you talking about? Well, we wondered if you'd walk again. You've been through all this pain, all this therapy. She said, I know. She said, but I've never gotten to tell more people about Jesus than I have in the past six months. And she said, and I've never prayed more than I have in the past six months. 
And she said, I've never read my Bible more than I have in the past six months. She says, it's like God just slowed me down so he could do something in my life. If you're going through one of those seasons, and we all will, where things just sort of stop for us, and we wonder what's happening, and we think we're being punished, many times it's just God pinching the growth for maximum fruitfulness. Sometimes God is like the the vine dresser who's cutting off growth going in the wrong direction. Sometimes we, we start to grow in the wrong direction spiritually, and God may just cut something off. He may cut off a relationship because it's taking you in the wrong direction. He may cut off a ministry opportunity or a job because it's taking you in the wrong direction. He can do that, and it feels like you're being punished, but it's not. God is pruning and cleaning you for maximum fruitfulness. And then sometimes God thins out the fruit. I I don't like it when he does that. I'll just confess to you, I don't like it when I've got three or four or five things where I'm serving the Lord and and I'm seeing fruitfulness in all of these areas, and then the Lord comes and and he just works as as only he can, and he'll, he'll take away one area of ministry and then another area and another, and he leaves me two areas. And he says, I want you to focus on this. I say, I want to do all these other things. I said, no. I want you to focus on this, because I want you—he always wants me, and he always wants you to be maximally fruitful wherever you are. And so, he has the right to come into our lives and thin out even areas of fruitfulness in us so that the things that remain can produce maximum fruit. The life that's connected to Jesus is a life of continual cleansing as we place ourselves in the hands of our Father, and He does the work He wants to do to prune us. Brothers and sisters, let me challenge you today. Don't resist Him when He does a work of pruning in your life. Don't become angry with Him when He does a work of pruning in your life. Don't try to second-guess him when he does a work of pruning in your life, even when it hurts and you don't understand. Give him praise, because he loves you. He wants you to abide in Jesus, and he'll use you as you stay connected to him to produce fruit. And so, a life connected to Jesus is a life of continual cleansing. Secondly, I want you to see this. A life connected to Jesus is a life of daily dependence. A life of daily dependence. Continue reading with me in verse 4 of our text. Jesus gives this command, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Jesus says something that is so powerful here. He says, a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. It doesn't matter how strong a branch is. It doesn't matter how impressive a branch is. It doesn't matter how attractive a branch is. It doesn't matter how straight a branch is. It doesn't matter how fruitful a branch was in the past. If the branch is not connected to the vine, it's dead wood. You don't have to be an agriculturalist to understand that. If it's not connected to the vine, the branch will not produce fruit. And Jesus says this, He's the vine, 
We're the branches. By the way, it doesn't matter how insignificant a branch looks. It doesn't matter how unimpressive a branch is. It doesn't matter how weak a branch is. If the branch is connected to the vine, it will absolutely, inevitably bear fruit. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me, and I in you, you will bear fruit. And apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. And, and somebody might say, well, no, I can do something. And, and that's, that's the truth. You, you can do something. Somebody has said the most dangerous thing about ministry is that you can do it. Yeah, you can do something. You can preach, and you can sing, and you can teach, and you can counsel, and, and you, can, you can do all kinds of things. You can even mimic spiritual fruitfulness in your life. But Jesus says that you can do nothing of eternal significance apart from Him. You can do nothing that matters to God apart from Him. He didn't say apart from me you can do some things or small things or a few things. He says apart from me you can do nothing. My life will not count for Christ unless on a daily basis I'm connected to Him. As I abide in Him, and he abides in me, he promises that he will bear his fruit through me. So Jesus says, abide in him. Now, the truth is, you're abiding somewhere. You're connected to something. Your source of strength is coming from somewhere. There's no question about that. The question is, are you connected to Jesus? And here's something else we all need to realize. You can tell where somebody's abiding. Not too long ago, my wife and I were in our hometown. We were shopping, and we ran into a couple that we haven't seen in years. They were the mom and dad of, of a girl that Michelle went to school with, and she was really good friends with, with this, uh, this girl and her parents. And we saw them out as we were shopping, and, and they were talking to Michelle. And I was just standing there looking at this man and woman I didn't know them really well, but I knew this about them. Both of them had lost at least 100 pounds since the last time I saw them. And so we're just standing there, and I, I'm looking at them, and, and just I'm barely listening to what they're saying, just thinking about how much weight this man and woman have lost. And uh, we walked away, and, and I said to Michelle, I can't believe they've lost all that weight. I wonder how they did that. She said, weren't you listening to what they said? I said, no, I was just amazed at how much thinner they were. I really wasn't paying attention to what they said. She said, well, he's got a new job. And I said, yes, yeah, so what? She said, don't you remember what his old job was? And I said, uh, no, tell me. He was the manager of the Krispy Kreme donut shop <laughs> the whole time my wife was growing up. And that's just where they abided. I mean, they lived and moved and had their being at the Krispy Kreme donut shop. Michelle would go there for, for, for uh, sleepovers, and they'd go to the conveyor belt line and just get the glazed donuts right after they came out of the glazer. That's about as close to heaven as you'll get here on earth. And, uh, and, and so they just, that's where they abided. I mean, they, they had them for breakfast, Krispy Kreme donuts every day for breakfast. Every day at snack, this girl would bring Krispy Kreme donuts for everybody in class. Every night for dinner, after, dessert, after dinner was over, dessert was always Krispy Kreme donuts. That's where they abided. And it showed. Well, if you abide at the gym for about two weeks, it'll show. 
If you abide in the library for a few nights, it'll show. If you go to the beach with your family and spend two days out in the sun and come back home, you don't have to tell people you went to the beach. They'll tell you you went to the beach. Why? It shows. And it shows, listen, it shows in our lives, if not to anyone else, if not even to us, it shows to God whether or not we are abiding in Christ. Jesus says if you abide in Him and He abides in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from Him, you can do nothing. I want you to hear me say this. I am absolutely insufficient and completely confident. I am absolutely insufficient and completely I know that I have no sufficiency at all in myself. Apart from Him, I can do nothing. But I am completely confident that through Him, I can do anything that He calls me to do. Paul talks about it over in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, and he says, hey, our sufficiency is not in ourselves, but we have confidence in Him that He is going to work through us. And you can say the same thing about your life as you abide in Christ. I am absolutely insufficient, but I am completely confident, not because of me, but because of Him, and because He works in me. And He works in me as I depend on Him, as I abide in Him and stay connected to Him daily. Every Christian here needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit on at least a 24-hour basis, and sometimes on an hourly basis. In fact, most of the time on an hourly basis. There are a few hours that go by in my life that I don't need just to stop and say, Lord, fill me with your Spirit. Jesus, help me to stay connected to you. Lord, give me your power, because in myself I can do nothing. The Bible says that a life connected to Jesus is a life of daily dependence. I want you to see a third thing in this text. Number three, Jesus shows us that a life connected to Him is a life of spiritual success. A life of spiritual success. Sometimes people come up to me and say, Stephen, does, does God want me to be happy and successful? I say, I dep that depends. What do you think will make you happy, and how do you define success? If you desire success on God's terms, yes, He is absolutely committed to your spiritual success. And Jesus talks about it as we continue on in our text. Look in verse 6 of the text. He says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Here the Lord Jesus gives us a strong word of warning. That if we don't abide in Him, if we're not connected to Him at all, we're like a kite stuck in a tree. We really don't belong there. And the time will come when those branches will be burned. He's talking about eternal punishment for those who have no relationship with Him. It's a strong word of warning. But then Jesus moves from that to a strong word of encouragement. Look in verse 7. If you abide in Me. And my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. 
By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Verses 7 and 8 of this text to me are a description of what it means to have spiritual success. As you abide in Jesus and His words abide in you, as you seek to stay close to Him and be obedient to His word, as you let Him speak to you and transform you day by day, He says, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Your prayers will be answered, yes, because your prayers will be in harmony with what God wants. Spiritual success. And then he says this, that, that as you abide in Him, you will bear much fruit. That means you'll bring people to know Jesus Christ as Savior. That means the character of Jesus Christ will be born in your life. That means the fruit of the Spirit of God will show up in your life. You'll bear much fruit. And as you do, you will prove that you are His disciples. You'll show that you really belong to Him. But then look at the beginning of verse 8. By this, my Father is glorified. What does it mean to have spiritual success? You know, we know what success is if you're a parent. Success for a parent is is when the the child grows up strong and healthy and and, and wise and, and all of those things. Success for a businessman is closing the deal or making the profit. Success for the athlete is is winning the race or, or winning the game. But if there is a God who created everything, and the Bible says there is, and if that God created you and has a purpose for you, and the Bible says He does. And if that God sent His only begotten Son to redeem you at the price of His precious blood, and the Word of God says He did, and if that same God knows you personally, and He does, and if He has a plan for your life, and He does, then success for you is when you live your life for the glory of the God who made you. And He will use you to bring glory to Himself, to bear spiritual fruit as you simply stay connected to Jesus. We have a lemon tree out in our backyard. We've been living in the house for about a year. We noticed there was a lemon tree back there. And I came out one afternoon, and, and I saw that this lemon tree had one branch that was broken. I mean, it was broken at least two-thirds of the way through. And it was bent low to the ground, and, and splinters were coming out from the place where, where that branch had broken. And I was going to get a saw and just saw off that branch, because that's the only thing I knew to do for it. But I noticed that that branch that was broken was filled with lemons. And so I went out and got a basket and gathered up all of those lemons off of that broken branch and forgot to saw off the branch. I came back a few weeks later again. It was filled with lemons. And all season long, I gathered fruit, basket after basket, off of a broken branch. Maybe maybe you feel like a broken branch. There are things in your life that you're ashamed of, things from your past that you really have a hard time keeping in your past, things about yourself you look at, there's just so much brokenness. Can I promise you this? God will bear fruit through a broken branch like me or you as we simply stay connected to Jesus. It's simply a matter of abiding 
in him. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes as we pray together? Lord God, I thank you for each person in this room today. Lord, you know everything about us. You know our weaknesses. You know our insufficiencies. You know our doubts. You know our past. You know our brokenness. But Lord God, we come before you today and we thank you that you have called us, Jesus, to abide in you. Lord, I pray for preachers in this room today that we would abide in you. I pray for music ministers, ministers of education, student ministers, that we would abide in you. I pray for missionaries and future missionaries that we would abide in you. I pray for evangelists and church planters that we would abide in you. I pray for professors, for students that we would abide in you. I pray for moms and dads, sons and daughters. Lord, that we would abide in you. Lord Jesus, even this moment, fill us with your spirit. May we abide in you as you abide in us. For Lord, we know that apart from you, we can do nothing. But that through you, we can bear much fruit for your kingdom. We'll give you the glory, the honor and praise, Lord, for all that you do. For we pray these things. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. God bless you, and thank you for the opportunity to talk to you today.